The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? It's a Friday. We made it. You made it to Friday. And boy, what a big Friday it is. High school football is back. Starts tonight. Granted, there were a few games in the state last night, but for Region 11, those games get underway this evening. And uh, we've got teams all over the place from uh, three hours away to right here in our own backyard. So uh, we'll go through who's playing where. Uh, I have a, we'll, we'll introduce our broadcast teams for each of the teams that we're covering in Region 11. Uh, we'll go through that today, kind of the old school high school sports roundup that we used to do, but just to kick off the high school football season, who's playing where, what do the teams look like, what do we know about these teams as they head into the 2019 season. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll hear from our play-by-play guys to find out where these teams are at and uh, how you can follow along because six teams in action tonight, six different radio stations, six different play-by-play crews, so you can bounce all over the radio dial this evening and follow along a lot of different high school football games tonight. So we'll get into that. In honor of this being the kickoff for the high school football season for 2019, Ajay and I put together our five best. Uh, we do this on, on Fridays, and we put together our, a variety of different five best uh, options that we, we consider We've talked about bowl games. We've talked about important games of the season. Uh, but this time, we're looking at high school football specifically, and we want to look at who were the five best players, uh, football players, to come out of Cache Valley. And not just in a broad scope, because that's, whoa, that's a really, really deep list to try to sift through. We narrowed it down to the five best since 2000. So a little more of the modern era kind of a thing. And uh, even that was was difficult to uh, to narrow down. So we will, uh, uh, Ajay's not here with me tonight. He's on his way to uh, Salem Hills. That's a, that's a drive. But one thing that we're looking at is um, these uh, five best players over the last 19 years, really, here in Cache Valley, 19 19- 20 years. So we'll, we'll get into that. And I've, I had a hard time settling on some of mine. I, I admit it is definitely offensive leaning uh, to offensive players. I know there are a lot of great defensive players that have contributed and, and played and done great things, but uh, there have been some outstanding offensive players with multiple records that they set uh, personally. So, it was hard to kind of narrow that down a little bit. We'll we'll do our best, and I'm sure you'll disagree with some of these uh, people on the list and how they are listed. So we'll get into that uh, as well. And uh, the last thing we'll touch on too, Team USA has a real first test tonight. They'll have an exhibition game against Spain. That game's going to be played in Anaheim, and uh, I believe that's about seven o'clock tonight. We'll update you on that and and. Uh, what to, what to watch for tonight? How you can follow along? And uh, again, a lot of talk in this camp is about Donovan Mitchell and Darren Fox. Surprisingly, not a lot of hype and attention about too many other players. A lot of the attentions on those two specifically. We'll see if the hype is real, and uh, see how well they do. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and rookie Rubio opponents uh, for the first time in Donovan's career. Uh, certainly won't be the last time, but will be the first. So anyway, those are some of the things that we'll touch on uh, today. Uh, but uh, before we get into the interviews and, and the previews for what's going on for this upcoming uh, football night tonight throughout the state of Utah, we have teams down in Salem Hills in Utah County. We actually have a couple teams in Utah County tonight, a couple teams in, uh, in, in Cache Valley as well. We'll let you know who's playing where and how you can follow along. But on Fridays, we do our five best. And that's our five best high school football players from Cache Valley since 2000. 
And I want to start with uh, Ajay's list. He's he's not here. So I'll go through his, and then I'll go through mine, kind of compare and contrast, and then give some of the reasons why I chose the guys I did, and then some of my honorable mentions that are had great careers while they were in high school but didn't make it to my five best. But in in order, starting at number five, Ajay starts with Alex Caressa. Um, he was on my list as well, but I had him as a little bit higher. Um, Alex Caressa had a great career at Mountain Crest, uh, set a lot of different records while he was there with the Mustangs. Um, but he had him at number five. Number four for him is Riley Nelson. Riley is also on my list, but I had him in a different position. Number three is Jake Caressa. Uh, number two was Ryan Bohm. And number one was Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, those were the, the five best high school football players coming out of Cache Valley for Ajay. So, again, Alex Caressa at number five, Riley Nelson, number four, Jake Caressa, number three, Ryan Bohm at number two, and then Ryan Zimmerman at number one. So Ajay has Ryan Zimmerman as his number one guy, a high school football player out of this out of Cache Valley since 2000. For me, some of these players are similar, but they're not in the same order. And I've got some that he didn't have. For me, I had num- Ryan Zimmerman as number five. I didn't have him as my number one, uh, but I did have him as my number five. Uh, still in the state record books, he's number five all time in passing completions. Number six in total offense in his career, just under 10,000 yards. Uh, at at the time, just after his uh, senior season, he held 13 different state records. Many of them have been broken since that time. Uh, but he was a two-time 4A MVP and the state champion in 2001. Uh, my number four is Bryce Mortensen. Uh, he's currently a tight end for Utah State, but... Uh, Skyview, he was a wide receiver uh, and tight end, but uh, he had a 99-yard touchdown play in 2014. Uh, He is still number eight in the state in receiving touchdowns all time with 38. Uh, He was a consistent big target for the Skyview Bobcats. He had six at least 100-yard receiving games in his senior season. Uh, he accounted for over 1,200 yards, receiving as a senior, 850 as a junior. Big-time contributor for the Bobcats. Number three on my list is Alex Caressa. Uh, he has a lot of different records. Number three in total offense in his career with nearly 13,000 yards. Number three in passing touchdowns in his career with 101. Number three in passing completions. Number four in touchdowns responsible for. Number eight in touchdowns responsible for uh, in a single season. Uh, he was a Deseret News Mr. Football. He was a Utah Gatorade Player of the Year. Made it to the championship game in 2010, but lost by a point in overtime. So Alex Caressa is my number three. Number two on my five best for the best high school football players to come out of Cache Valley since 2000 is DJ Nelson. Uh, he was a 4A Player of the Year by both the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune. He's number two on the list all-time in the state with touchdowns responsible for in 2011 with 73. Uh, number five in single-season offense. Number 10 in single-game offensive output. And he was a state champion in 2011. Uh, and Looking at DJ and Alex, I had a hard time deciding on which one to put two or three and Alex had a, a great and probably a longer career, contributing a little bit more over time than what DJ did. But what put DJ over the top for me was that he was able to win a state championship. I know it was super close. Alex almost got it done. But I put DJ just slightly ahead of Alex on this list. But for me, my number one, it was no question. My number one was Riley Nelson. He still holds the record in the state of Utah for offense in a single season. He's number one in the state with touchdowns responsible for in a single season. He's number eight in total offense for his career. Uh, He was responsible for eight touchdowns in a game five different times. Uh, He's number four in touchdowns responsible for in his career. 
Uh, he had 31 rushing touchdowns in 2005. Is a parade All-American, Deseret News Mr. Football, and he too won a state championship in 2005. So uh, I've put it out there on Twitter. Love to get your your feedback, uh, your debates, your arguments, why certain players should be ranked the way they are. Uh, I put it out there a little bit earlier today. Already a, a question, where's Luke Falk on that list? And Luke Falk is definitely in my honorable mention categories. He had a great year as a senior for Logan. And I, I believe that had he stayed, granted, I understand there was a really good player ahead of him in DJ Nelson, but had he stayed and been able to do a, a full career at Logan High, and if he would have been the guy, uh, he, would, he would probably be up there in that top five. Uh, a couple other guys that are in my honorable mention list, uh, Taylor Compton, great wide receiver for Logan High. Uh, J.D. Falslive, great uh, wide receiver, return man for Skyview. Uh, Jake Thompson, very solid kicker for Logan. And then Lavani Damuni, great running back, great linebacker for Ridgeline, and uh, before that was at Mountain Crest. So uh, some great players that have come through Cache Valley over the last 19, 20 years here in the modern era. Uh, I, I recognize this is very offensive player uh, heavy uh, because sometimes uh, the records don't always indicate some of the things that are done defensively. But uh, there have been some great defensive players that have come through here as well. But uh, those are some of the players that really stood out to me in what they were able to do and how they contributed to football in Cache Valley since 2000. So, anyways, I've put my list on Twitter. You can find it on at E. Franson. That's E-F-R-A-N-D-S-E-N. You can see my list. A.J. Salveson has his list uh, as well. He's at A.J. Salvi. And you can uh, agree or disagree with what we had and how we put together our five best for this Friday. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, let's find out what's going on with high school football tonight as we get ready for the 2019 high school football season. I'll, I'll talk to all the play-by-play guys covering the various teams in Region 11, find out where these games are going to be broadcast, where these games are being played, and how you can follow along. That's coming up next right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We're doing something fun today. We're finding out about all the high school football teams from the guys who are calling the games on local radio and online here with the Cache Valley Media Group. We want to start with the Skyview Bobcats. Of course, we uh, carry those games here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And our guy that calls the games and has been for several years, John Newbold. He joins me now to give us an update and a preview of the Bobcats for this upcoming season. John, thanks for spending some time with me. I know it's a busy time getting ready for your first broadcast of the season, but uh, thanks for uh, chiming in and letting us know about the Bobcats. Yeah, no problem, Eric. I'm, I'm excited for the football season to get underway here. So if folks are just hearing this for the first time, uh, how long have you been calling games? Uh, and uh, how long have you been with doing these high school broadcasts? Well, high school broadcasts overall, I think it's been about 13 years or 14 years. I started doing Logan games with Evan Nyman and then switched over to Skyview and worked with Brad Stone and Craig Hislop. And and so that's kind of how it's been. So certainly you're you're very familiar with the landscape of what's gone on around Region 11. It used to be Region 12, I guess Region mm-hmm. 5, even before that. Yep. It's changed its names, but a lot of the schools have still been the same. Uh, there is a change, though, with Skyview. There's a new head coach. There's been a, a lot of different coaching changes in the area, but uh, this is a coach for Skyview who's famir- very familiar with this region. Uh, talk a little bit about the coaching change that happened there and, and what you've seen so far in your conversations with him. Well, yeah, there's actually there's 25 new head coaches at uh, the various schools in the state of Utah, and this particular game features two coaches that have been coaching 
around at different schools, but of course they're at new schools this year. But Chris Howell taking over for Danilo Robinson, who was at Skyview for a short two years, and then he is gone to California. And so Chris Howell's at Ridgeline. He he was the head coach there since Ridgeline opened and started play, and now he's at Skyview. But like you said, he's he's familiar with this region. He he came into this situation at Skyview and and he knows the players uh, maybe not personally but he he saw them on the field and and knows what they're very capable of doing and so he he walked into a a team that has won the region uh, three out of the last four years and so he he knows what he was getting into and they're just excited to get on the football field and then get things started and he did switch up the defense a little bit. He he's the defensive coordinator. He switched it to a three four defense. So that should be an interesting change for Skyview. But they do have uh a lot of starters coming back. They have seven starters returning on defense. So it will be a new scheme, but the players have definitely got experience on that side of the football field. So I mean this Skyview Bobcat team has had a pretty rich tradition, especially over the last five years or so of uh, high expectations, but also a lot of success and deep playoff runs. Does you do you when you look at this team and you survey who's coming back or or who's there? Does it look like this team has that ability to to do that again? Oh sure, I, I think they do. I um, if you go if you look at the uh, Perry's Power Guide the, that Nolan Perry puts out every year, um, he's got some formula based on offense and defense that he comes up with. He has Skyview as the number one rated team in 4A uh, this season so far, right ahead of Dixie. But uh, this Skyview team, again, as long as you have a player like an explosive player like Mason Falsluff, and and he's on the offensive side of the ball, and he's a playmaker, and he's your quarterback. And a lot of teams have great athletes at different positions, but when you have the quarterback having the ball in his hand every time, Something exciting can always happen. The thing for Skyview, I think they'll be solid on defense, Eric. They can make a run. The thing that they've got to do this year to have success is they've got to pass the ball better. They Last year, Mason alone scored 13 rushing touchdowns. He only passed for eight. That, I mean, you can't have that. And a lot of their ground game, that's great. They scored points and they could stop people defensively. They were one of the tops in uh, defense. They only allowed 17 points a game defensively, but they've got to find a way to get a passing game or they're, they're too one-dimensional and teams will figure it out throughout the season. Yeah, so the, the Mason Falls of an incredible athlete. Uh, missed the first part of the season last year because of an injury, mm-hmm. and the, the quarterback that filled his spot isn't going to back him up. They've moved him to another position. Is that correct? Yeah, Tate Ballard is... I, I think that he could still be used at backup if needed, but yeah, he they've moved him to wide receiver to to get some more players out at that wide receiver position, and they, I mean, they'll definitely have some opportunities there. They'll probably, without seeing any games so far, I think they'll just plug in a, a lot of people at that wide receiver position until they solidify who they feel can step up and and make plays. Uh, for the Bobcats on offense. Well, and this was a team last year that besides Mason running the ball very effectively, they also had another very solid running back there alongside him. He's graduated. He's gone. What does that running back position look like? Is it one main guy or is it be by committee? Oh, it will be by committee. Yeah, last year, Josh Aller, Tanner Stokes did a heck of a job for the Bobcats rushing uh, the ball. This year, they did get, because Skyview did have a lot of games where they were ahead by a lot of points, um, they had some guys like Walter Collins, Gino DiMuzio, who were guys who got some playing time in, in the fourth quarters and in the third quarter. So they've had a little bit of playing time, but they'll fill the position. There's a sophomore coming up named Truman Moser, I believe, that uh, they'll be using him. He's a, a big dude that can get you the short yardage. And then Trayson Martindale, who played safety last year on the defensive side of the ball, he's got some speed to him. He's not afraid to 
to hit people. I mean, he showed that last year defensively. He, he, he'll run through a brick wall. And so he doesn't have a lot of size, but he's got some speed. They're going to use him a little bit too uh, at running back. Again, we're talking to John Newbold. He's calling the play-by-play for the Skyview Bobcats, which you can hear right here, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. And, John, this this team has a lot of expectations put on them for their past success and with some of the key players that are coming back. But what do you see out of this team? What what The, the opponents that they have before they get into region play Mm-hmm. How do you see how they match up with those teams? And what, what do you think the ceiling is for this team? How, how deep can this, the Skyview Bobcats go this year? Well, I, I, I know that the Skyview Bobcats want to get back onto the field. I mean, those guys who are returning that tough loss in the quarterfinals last year at home, Skyview didn't lose at home that, at all. Like uh, I don't have the streak in front of me, but it's been a long time since they lost at home, and especially in the playoffs when they had that heartbreaker to Park City uh, in the quarterfinals. They want to make a run to the semifinals, and I think with this new RPI system, there's a great opportunity for the Bobcats to do that, and I think, Eric, for Region 11 in general, I honestly feel like that the Region 11 teams from Cache Valley are going to have some good high RPI numbers when it's all said and done at the end of the regular season. And so the Bobcats can have a, a good, uh, I guess, uh, a position, I guess, to make a deep run in the playoffs. Their biggest game, or not biggest game, but maybe toughest game will come in week two next week as they travel to uh, uh, Lehigh as they play Sky Ridge. Skyridge is a new school, but they're a team that found themselves in the, the, the semifinals and finals of the state playoffs in 5A uh, and 6A, I think, so the, the last few years. And so they're a team that's solid. They took some players from Lehigh when they opened up. And so they're a really good team. They're a strong team. So, yeah, the Bobcats, that's probably their toughest one before they get into region play and try to defend their region crown. John, it's fun talking to you and touching base. Uh, I did forget to ask who your uh, your broadcast partner is going to be. Who are you going to have with you in the booth this year? Yeah, this year we've got Rex Davis. I I know him pretty well, but uh, Rex is a, a great guy. He brings a lot of enthusiasm to the broadcast. He's been working with Mitch Henline in the past, covering the teams from the South Mountain Crest. He did some Ridgeline games, so we're excited to have him aboard and uh, to talk Skyview sports and. Uh, be able to do Skyview football. It should be an exciting year for the Bobcats. And again, once again, this this station right here, we are the home of the Skyview Bobcats, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, also streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Thanks, John. Appreciate the insights, and best of luck to you and your broadcasts, and keep a good eye on those Skyview Bobcats for us. No problem. Anytime, Eric. Thanks. As we continue our previews for Region 11 high school football getting started tonight on a Friday night, let's find out about the Ridgeline Riverhawks. Dave Simmons has been calling the play-by-play for that school for a couple of years now. He joins us again, and uh, it'll be on 104.5 FM. Dave, thanks for joining me and letting me know a little bit more about the Riverhawks for this upcoming season. No problem, Eric. It should be fun. I think a lot of us smell football in the air, and uh, tonight's the first night. It should be a lot of fun. So uh, before we get into the, the team, there's a change in the coach. Let's find a little bit about you and uh, your broadcast partner, who you're going to have with you. How long have you been doing these games on the air? Oh, boy. Uh, I think, Eric, if I'm not mistaken, I'm 19 years of either calling play-by-play or color, which is crazy. It's amazing how time flies. Um, I did, I think, nine seasons with Skyview, then got another six or seven with Logan, and uh now of the last three what are we in the fourth year with Ridgeline now yeah I think this will be their fourth year yeah and I think it's my third I I didn't do their first so um yeah it's been been quite a haul but it's been a good move for me personally being able to move from Logan which I loved it was a lot of fun calling Logan games um but then moving to Ridgeline being that my kids are going to be coming through Ridgeline and it'll be a little easier for us and our family to be calling those games and who you got with you uh, on your side there with uh, as a color analyst for you? This so the, the hope, the hope for the football season will be that my good buddy Nick Zollinger will be alongside with me. 
um, the entire season. Now, I, I can't make Nick come with me down to Cyprus, which will be the next ball game after tonight. So that, that's a long one. But if he wants to ride with me, I'm happy to have him. So, um, But for the most part, each of those home games will be Nick Zollinger. That's fine. He was on with you a few times last year, and you guys made a, a, a fun duo. It was fun to listen to you guys. Yeah, a couple of times. He's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun, and together I think that we're going to have a, a good a good time calling Ridgeline games this year. Okay, so let's find out about the team itself. Uh, bef- uh, there was a coaching change, well, a lot of coaching changes in the region, but uh, Van Leeuwen comes over from Logan. He had a great success in his freshman season as a yeah. as a head coach with the, with the Grizzlies. What are you seeing so far in your conversations with him and what you see out of this team? Can he replicate that magic or will it be a little bit more difficult? That, that's, I think, still remains to be seen. But, boy, he sure had a lot of good success with Logan last year. And, and what's encouraging is is I don't think that depth-wise he had near the talent to deal with or to work with over there at Logan last year, but ended up doing a really, really good job. Those guys were very tough on both sides of the ball, and if he can bring that type of leadership and, and coaching to Ridgeline, I think they're going to be in really good shape. Um, it is a very young team, but they are really buying into Coach Van Leeuwen and, and his system. Um, I know the kids really, really like him. I've been able to meet with him a, a, a couple of times, and, and his energy is great. He seems super excited. Not only is the team young, but his coaching staff is super young. Eric, do you realize he's only 28, 29? I think he's almost 29 years old, not quite. Um, and when I got to meet with him and the rest of his staff, boy, nobody can be older than him even. I mean, that's a very young staff, but they got a lot of energy, and, and they're bringing that to the team. You know, I, I would stop down a couple of times over the summer to watch different workouts and different things. He's out there running routes with those kids. I mean, he, he ah, is. That's great. And, and can you think of a better teacher, especially for, for your um, re- receivers? As we know how great he was up at Utah State playing that receiver position, these receivers down here at Ridgeline now are learning from somebody that, boy, you can't get any better as far as being able to actually, not only him trying to tell you this is how it's done, but he can show you. I mean, at 28, one of one of the kids told me that he ran something like a 4, I want to say like a 4.6 or something, 40, it, just with the kids, just one day. Wow. I mean, the, the, the guy is still, he could probably still go out and play, but um He's bringing that type of energy and excitement to Ridgeline right now. and He finds himself in what I feel like is a pretty unique situation to be, like as you said, your freshman year of coaching, so to speak. He's got to turn around and basically do it again. I mean, it's his second year coaching, but he's starting all over from scratch as a new coach at a new school. Um, but he's inheriting a lot of talent. Now, they're young, but they're, they're a very talented group. Again, you can hear Dave Simmons call the play-by-play for Ridgeline Riverhawks on 104.5 FM in Cache County, also streaming online. On Find those links on CacheValleyDaily.com. But, Dave, as you were talking about this, this team, that there, there is some youth, but there is some experience. Uh, first, I want to talk about the, it seems like whenever Ridgeline has some success, it's because they have a Damuni out there doing, <laughs> doing damage. Yeah. They're going to have that again this year. Uh, what what role will he play, and how do you see him I- involved in this team? Jovessa Demuni, yeah, big role, Eric. He's a, he is a, a junior this year, super athletic. He he plays a little differently than his brothers. He plays running back, and he's shifty, but he's also very very fast, uh, north to south. Been able to watch him in the scrimmage, and also a handful of times just to practice. And he is going to get a lot of work this year. I mean, they're going to use him and as they should, because he is a very, very good athlete and will handle a lot of the offensive responsibilities for this Ridgeline team. And then there's some question about quarterback uh, for this team. I mean, we're focusing mostly on the offense, but it seems like that, that this is one of the key positions always in any kind of football team. And is that settled coming into the game Friday night, who the, this quarterback, the starter is going to be for Ridgeline? Yeah, it is. It's settled, but it has definitely been a competition all summer long. Um, as of as of very recently, Coach Van Leeuwen let me know that uh, sophomore Caden Cox will be his starter this uh, this evening for Ridgeline. And but you know that's Caden is a very very good athlete. Caden uh, has been playing quarterback um, since he was just a little eight year old, but. He's also had a very good teacher and his dad, Travis Cox, who quarterbacked at Utah State a handful of years ago as well. So, you know, in the home and on the field, Caden has a very high 
football IQ, but he's also very mobile, which is nice. He can throw a good ball. He's, he's probably not as strong um, quite yet as, as Riker Jensen, who's the senior that was hoping for that spart- starting spot as well. Um, but Caden has a little bit more mobility, in my opinion, in that he can get out when the pocket kind of collapses around him. He can get out and still see some things where Riker's had, uh, unfortunately for him, and it feels ter- terrible for him, but he's got um, knee braces on both knees. And, and so, I mean, he's he's had some bad breaks as far as um, health goes. But as of right now, it's Caden Cox. But I don't – you never know. At that position, somebody else has to be willing to step up, and that's that's one of those things I would think would be very difficult as a senior coming in and losing your, your starting job, um, not only to, to a sophomore but to anybody to be able to have that maturity and be able to, to be there and be a part of this and still be a leader to some extent and understand that your number might be called any play. And it's hap- it happens all the time where the second guy's got to come in sometimes for the rest of a season, sometimes for a, a series or two. If it, if he can keep a, a, a good attitude about this, which I think would be difficult for a 17, 18 year old, but if he can keep a good attitude about this, uh, the the sky's the sky's the limit for these guys, but it could you can see how that could be a difficult thing. Yeah, that's that's always tough. Uh, anytime a, a senior loses a start potential starting position to a, not just a junior but also a sophomore, it could be challenged. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then finally, just the, uh, the the defense for this team. There's some returning talent for this team that may be one of the strengths for Ridgeline, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're they're going to be strong, um, but again, they're not going to be. They have a lot of underclassmen. They're going to get some time. Um, just talking to the defensive coordinator, we're going to see guys like um, Cam Dally, who's back as a senior this year. Cam's one of the. I can only think of him. If there's anybody else out there, I apologize, but I think he's the only um, two-way player right now. He he will play um, in the linebacking core, the defensive end for uh, Ridgeline, and then he'll get he'll get reps also on the offensive side as a tight end. Um, but Cam's a big, strong kid, and, and he'll be very good for him. Um, Aiden Mellon is back there. Monk is back there. Woodland is back there. They'll have some, some, good, uh, some good experience. But if you look across the board on this team, there's only 18 seniors on the roster, 16 juniors, and 29 sophomores. Um, now, that's having more sophomores and young underclassmen is normal. They kind of kids will kind of weed out over those next couple of years, but it's a little surprising that there's only 16 juniors and 18 seniors. So um, as I look down at the ages, your linebacking core is going to have a couple of seniors, which is good, um, but they're going to be young on the corner. You got cook who's, who's also a senior coming in and he's got had some varsity time. They're really high on Brandon cook. Um, so they'll probably put him on the, the who they perceive to be the best receiver for the other team, and hopefully he can lock somebody down over there. And then as far as the safeties are concerned, um, you're going to have some younger guys. Uh, Miles Eck will be back there. Um, Lishman will be back there. Um, and then young Jake Smith, just a sophomore, is going to get some run back there as well. So, again, you got you got youth on this team, and, and I think that maybe that's one of the reasons why Coach Van Leeuwen was willing to move over to Ridgeline because this this sophomore group, um, junior group, they're good and they should be very very solid. I hope this isn't one of those building years and the kids take their lumps, but we'll see. We'll see what Coach Van Leeuwen can bring. Well, Dave, we look forward to uh, the season. Look forward to hearing you on the call again for what well, your nineteenth year ish, so. something like track. that. <laughs> Uh, around there. It's been a while, but it's been fun. You, you always approach the game uh, professionally. It's fun to listen to your broadcasts, and folks can listen and follow along on 104.5 FM as uh, you and uh, maybe sometimes <laughs> Nick Salinger with you, but it uh, should be fun. He's excited. I think he's going to be with us for the majority of the games. And again, as, as our listeners are hopefully listening to this, remember you can stream – any of the high school games through CashValleyDaily.com. That's a Eric. I don't know if you realize down there at the station. That's a big deal. A lot of people are out of town and maybe can't get the 104.5 on their on their radios. And some people, crazy as it sounds, don't even have radios in the house anymore. So they need a, 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 the uh, the ability to stream it somehow. And that's through CashValleyDaily.com. You just click on the sports section, and then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you click on high school uh, schedule. 
and then you can choose whichever high school you want to go to. You just click it, and you should get that stream. Right. And I'll be calling the home Ridgeline games, and but when they go on the road, you'll hear another broadcast team, but you can still go to the same station, 104.5, or click on Ridgeline, and you'll still get that broadcast, but you're going to get the home broadcast of whichever school is playing is, is the home team. Very cool. Well, Dave, Am thanks right so much. On that? You no, are absolutely that correct. That's the plan? Okay. Absolutely. So it'll still have the stream for, no matter, every Ridgeline game will be available on the stream. Yep. Whether, yep. It's, just, whether it's you calling it or somebody else. Yep. If you're Ridgeline's exactly playing, right. we'll have it available. If you hear me, you're, it's a home game. You might, as well, you might as well come down and support the team. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the time, right. and uh, good luck for the season on your broadcast. No problem, Eric. Thank you. And just a reminder... We'll have uh, the, the full schedule is already posted. As we mentioned, it's on cashvalleydaily.com. Also, there are links there so you can stream these games uh, on your phone, on your desktop, on your mobile device, whatever is easiest for you if you, if you can't get near, uh, near a radio. so uh, Also, another reminder, as we're talking about high school sports, the Cash Valley uh, Media Group Pick'em Contest, the Preps Pick'em is going right now. So go on there. There's a link on our website, 1069thefan.com. Just go there. If you were part of our uh, competition that we did in the spring with college basketball, and if you remember your login, you're already set. You can log in, create your account, make your picks. We will provide a, a certificate to Locker 42 after this weekend's game. So go in there. Your chances of victory are pretty high. So get in there, get registered. And uh, come play along with us. Coming up next, we'll hear from more of the, the, our broadcast buddies as we get ready for high school football tonight throughout Region 11. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Logan High Grizzlies are on their third coach in three seasons, but they had great success with it last year with Coach Van Leeuwen. Different situation this year. Coach Bowen is uh, is there now, but a guy that's been around for a long time and has been following high school sports for a really long time, Al Lewis. Come on, I'm not that old. <laughs> well, you've got a lot of experience. Uh, before we get into Logan High, uh, I'm doing this with all the guys. I just want to introduce uh, who are play-by-play and, and people are and the experience that you've had how long have you been following high school sports you you were doing play by play I started with Logan ago. High in 1972 and did it until about 76 and then went to the Aggies for some years in the 70s and then went back to Logan High right after they won the state championship so and then they played in the state semifinals in 79 uh did the two years when they won back to back championships in 88 and 89 and then went back to the Aggies in the 90s. So, and then back to Logan High now the last couple of years. <laughs> Off and on for quite a while. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of different variations of the <laughs> Logan High Grizzlies over the years. Yeah, I mean, Perry Christensen was there for a lot of the years that I did the games. And Hal Lewis was the coach with Al Lewis doing the games uh, when I first got started at Logan High. So. <laughs> that was always, I'm sure that was fun. Uh, so this team, as you've been able to see and, and observe the, the Logan High Grizzlies for 2019, a chance to meet with the coach and, and kind of get a feel for what this team might look like? Yeah, they're not really experienced. They they had a really good core group of seniors last year that Coach Van Leeuwen really got motivated the right way. And let's face it, it really helped that Johnny Parkinson came back to play quarterback for them because that's where they were struggling the two years before under Coach Anderson. And uh, they've got a quarterback now who's transferred in uh, I don't think he played a lot at Mountain Crest, but Ethan Wilson, I guess, will be their starting quarterback. His dad, Todd, took Logan High to one of those championships in 1988, and so he's transferred to Logan, and so he'll play at quarterback there because I, I guess he wasn't going to play at Mountain Crest at quarterback. Um, and then they do have, uh, I think Isaac Larson is one of the really fine individual players. As a sophomore last year, he was maybe the best defensive back in the in the region, and he's back as a, in his junior year. Um, but they don't have a lot of weapons back. They have a few linemen back who helped last year, so that should help a little bit. Not real big. I think they got a little bit of speed. I think they're going to be uh, – it'll be interesting to see because Coach uh, Bart Bowen is a 
offensive guy, or at least he's got a, an idea offensively. He wants to have the kind of attack where the quarterback can run and pass and dump the ball off if somebody comes at him. And I think they're going to rely on Cade Thornley, who's back at running back, who had about 1,000 yards last year. That will probably be their major weapons offensively. Yeah, as just in my minimal research compared to what you've done, it seems like uh, Coach Bowen is really high on having a good, strong running back. Mm-hmm. And he has that. Well, and his background is Bear River and Coach Wise, and that's always been running uh, attack over there, and that's where he started. And then when they were down at uh, Kearns, uh, he was an assistant there that was a running attack, and then he took it to Cottonwood too. So this uh, this team defensively, what do you see out of Well, again, Larson in the corner. They got Larson and Sauer and Shop Bell. Some guys that did play last year, um, you know, they miss. You know, Rice was a really good linebacker from last year, uh, still with the program. Up front again, some of the offense. They're going to play a lot of people both ways, and they'll have to. And more and more, you're seeing that. I know last year Logan was able to get away with that a little bit, not, but more and more, you'll get guys going both ways for this Logan team. So a lot of the guys are they're going to start on offense. They'll start on defense too. So uh, <laughs> didn't mention. Uh, Al Lewis calling the play-by-play on KVNU, by the way, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, streaming online, kvnutalk.com. But this team for Logan High, uh, looking at their their schedule before they get into region play, uh, what do you see in some of their, their opportunities mm-hmm. or challenges that are going to be facing? Well, Provo's a challenge because a lot of places say they're going to win their region, and they have a really good player, a guy named Mason Cobb, who's a guy that the colleges are all looking at at a Provo, and he can play tight end and move around the field. He might be a receiver in college football. Uh, he can do a lot of things. Stansbury, we'll see, because Stansbury's going to play Skyview uh, in their first game, so we'll see how they match up with that one in the, their first home game. Then they play Preston at home, and you know Preston's going to be really uh, chomping at the bit to get into you know, to the Merlin Olsen field and go up against the uh, Logan High there. And then they go to Las Vegas, and I have no idea how that game will go, and that's so far away, and it's on a Saturday. I don't know if we'll even broadcast that game. But those are their non-conference games, or non-region games, and then they get into the region. And I've still got to think that the Skyview, Mountain Crest, and again, I think Coach Van Leeuwen, will be, it'll be interesting to see what Ridgeline does. Those are probably the three teams to beat. Yeah, uh, this is a Logan team that's uh, unfortunately had a bit of a carousel with coaches mm-hmm. coming back and forth, but... Um, with this team that Coach Bowen is inheriting, is it? Do you see that there's some underclassmen that he's going to be able to play uh, and develop, and this may be one of those teams. There are maybe some, not this year. There but are some younger guys, but they the the talk is in Logan is look out for the eighth graders now. So it might be a few oh. years down the road for Logan. Uh, they had about 20 kids out on their freshman team as I watched them practicing the other day. So they're not very many there. But they said their eighth grade unit coming up at Logan might be a, a decent team, and they've got some younger people. They'll play a they'll play a few sophomores and juniors on this year's team for sure. So people ought to have a little bit of patience with. Uh, well, sure, and the new Logan. coach coming in and doing things a little bit differently, you know. And not everybody starts with a bang like Travis Van Leeuwen did. Yeah, you know? so that was great stuff last year. The guys were again. It, there was the, it was a perfect storm last year. The way it worked out for Logan High to have that work. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, with uh, Johnny Parkinson mm-hmm. and the new coach happened. and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, with, uh, I mean, if there's if there's somebody that, that fans, if they want to uh, follow Logan High, is there a specific player or two that maybe we should really well, watch for? Because well, this is going to be maybe a special talent. Cade Thornley he is going to be asked to do so much at running back that I doubt if he'll play much defense. He could play defense. He's a good athlete. He is a, as good a upfield runner. He, he seems to never lose yardage and that kind of thing. He can catch the ball besides run the ball. So he's got to be the one that other teams, I'm sure, will scout and say, okay, he's the guy we got to stop for Logan High, too. And I think maybe J.J. Sargent, a little bit at wide receivers, a taller, uh, very athletic, uh, can run, catch. He'll be probably their deep ball threat if they have, a, if have one. Well, uh, we look forward to seeing what happens with Logan High. All these questions with new coaches and changes that have happened, but... Uh, it's not unique to Logan High with a coaching change here. No, not in the Valley, that's for sure. But if folks want to tune in and follow along, again, KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, streaming online, kvnutalk.com. Al Lewis, a true veteran, and look forward to hearing you uh, call these games again. Okay, look forward to it. All right, thanks, Al. Our next stop on our high school sports roundup on a Friday, getting you ready for the games on Friday nights throughout Cache Valley and beyond. Talking about the Bear River Bears. The Bears uh, 
Coming off a season where they had some interesting changes last year midseason with personnel. Some of those guys have graduated. Others got roles that, that were more significant as they get into 2019, and we'll get the chance to reprise those roles as well. And we've got an interesting setup now also with our broadcast team. Uh, new uh, play-by-play, new color analyst with us. Tommy Sorensen uh, has done games for us in the past. He's doing them for us again. And, uh, Tommy, thanks for hopping on with me, and let's uh, find out a little bit more about the Bear River Bears. Sure thing. It's my pleasure. Uh, first of all, before we get into the Bears, let's introduce who you are, what your experience was. Uh, you you called games for us a couple years back, and uh, you're back at it again. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, I did the, the Mountain Crest games uh, last time a couple years ago, which is um, kind of fun now that I'm doing Bear River. I'm on the other side of that one. But, yeah, I did the Mountain Crest a couple years, some time away to finish school, and uh, now my Fridays are open again, and I'm excited to be back doing something that I really enjoy. Uh, who's going to be helping you out on your broadcast? My color man will be Logan Jones. Uh, some of our Cache Valley friends might be aware of him. He did uh, student media at the university for a while and covered the, the Aggie football team and basketball team pretty extensively. Um, he, he runs in some good uh, social media circles for Cache Valley. And you guys know each other well. Uh, you guys are personal friends. Uh, so you, you guys are going to have a good rapport, and I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun on your broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. We've been friends now for a number of years. Um, we we met through the student media there and then became great friends. We we spend a lot of time talking football. Um, and, in fact, I think the location will be a little different, but the only other difference is we're just going to be talking football with a headset on this time. <laughs> um, I think it'll be a lot of the things that we've done previously. We're we're junkies for sure, and we're pretty excited about this. And the good thing is, like like you said, I, I have some experience in the past doing the Mountain Crest games, and Logan has pretty extensive experience with a mic in his face too. He worked for the the on campus radio station for a while, and then has managed a couple of different podcasts with some with some friends over the years. Uh, and he's uh, he's got a great voice for radio too. <laughs> so he's he's the whole package. Um, I'm excited to be working with him. I think, like you said, I think we're going to have a lot of fun this year. So uh, as you guys have had a chance to try to scout the the Bears and get more familiar with with their squad and what they're dealing with, what do you see so far? I know the season hasn't begun. We haven't seen any games played yet. But in your your conversations and the research that you guys have been doing, what do you see for the for the Bear River Bears in this 2019 season in the early look? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have a really interesting season with this team. Um, Bear River's got a, a proud tradition, um, and tradition isn't everything, obviously, but it means something. And last year they didn't, I don't think they performed up to their expectations. Uh, and they made some changes down the stretch of the season with their lineup, trotted some some different groupings out, especially on, especially on the offense. Uh and I, I think the expectation is that that will show through this year with a, a much better performance. And it, it's tough to predict, especially with high school ball. You don't always know what talent's coming up. But I, I think there's a chance they live up to that. You know, I don't know that they'll necessarily be contending for a, you know, a high, high finish in the playoffs or anything like that. But I do suspect them to be much more competitive this season than they were last year. It seems like with Bear River, they always put together teams with good defenses, uh, but there's always some question about what the team offensively is, is going to look like. They do have a quarterback who started about half the games last year. He's coming back. So there is some experience at that position. What else about that offense uh, it, it will, might help them this season, do you think? Well, the, the key is going to be, I think, how they run the ball. Um yeah, you mentioned uh, the quarterback coming back, and they will obviously need him to step up and perform the whole season like he did maybe near the, the end of the year. But it's everything, I, in my eyes at least, everything starts and stops with the running game. To run the ball consistently, uh, it doesn't even need to be explosively, but if they run the ball consistently, I think they will, you know, they'll be able to have some it's an offense that'll take some pressure off that quarterback and be able to, to do some things. But they really struggled running the ball last year. And I think 
that was a huge reason why the offense overall struggled so much. So offensively, that's where I would. That's where I think it starts. The Bears to start out this the season tonight without the services of their head coach. He's going to be suspended. Uh, he's got a one game suspension that he's serving tonight. But beyond that, uh, this is a coach that's been in probably in position longer than anybody else in this region because there's been some interesting changes here recently. So uh, it's going to be an interesting way that this plays out in Region 11 this year. For those who want to follow you guys and follow your broadcasts, um, again, the, the Bear River Bears will be on 104.9 FM in Box Shoulder County. And uh, Tommy Sorensen and Logan Jones calling the games. And for for you guys, as you as you look at this, Tommy, I guess uh, some last thoughts about the Bears and maybe kind of what you think their 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 ceiling might be uh, this year with uh, what their schedule looks like uh, over the next couple of weeks and before they get into region play. Yeah, well, so you know, looking at the schedule, they play uh, Juan Diego and, and Morgan High here in the first handful of games, and those were two of their two of their four wins last year, right? So you. You know, if they're able to perform similarly, um, you know, there's a chance for a couple of wins uh, early. Once they get into the region schedule, um, it's a little bit more difficult. I, I think they could be competitive, fighting for a, you know, a playoff spot and make uh, maybe make some of the guys at the top sweat a little bit. If if everything comes together, I think this is a competitive team. I don't know that they're a contending team if the difference makes sense but i think they could be competitive and i think the first the first handful of games is a good shot for us to see both a good shot for them to pick up some of those wins and also for us to know right off the bat how good they can be this year well thank you tommy and uh, we'll find out more next hour with more of the team previews coming up next on the full court press I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Maybe someday we'll look back at Kyler Murray's second game with amusement. Can you believe how far Murray has come since that terrible preseason game against the Raiders? Both he and the offense were out of sync against the Raiders, but after the game, the number one overall pick hinted that we're not seeing Arizona's real offense. Well, that's good, but if you're a Cardinals fan, last night against the Raiders had to make you a little bit nervous. Murray, three for eight, 12 yards. He was sacked in the end zone for a safety. That offensive line didn't help. It's maybe the worst in football. Murray's going to need a lot more protection if he wants to succeed early. But again, one preseason game isn't a reason to panic. We know Murray is going to have ups and downs. He only played one full year of college football. He's still learning. And last night was truly ugly. Hopefully for Murray and the Cardinals, this is going to be an outlier in what turns out to be an exciting up and down rookie season. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.